I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. Uh, Charlie, I'm going to throw it to you. You have sound, and we'll play you about uh, 12, 13 minutes of the opening of the press conference with Mickey Loomis and the uh, press today. What was your overall take on this, this season as a whole? I think our expectations were higher collectively. You know, we had some games that slipped away from us and, and a couple we didn't perform in well. And just, you know, it's a variety of reasons, that's all. So when you look at a season, you look at you know, um, how you perform, there's so many variables and, you know, it just wasn't good enough, ultimately. Didn't, we didn't achieve what uh, our expectations. As far as the development uh, with Trevor Penning, yeah. do you think it could be maybe take the same course as Andrews Pete? Where I don't know if he's going to work out a tackle, but uh, we think he can be a starting offensive lineman. He might have to play guard. Yeah, I, look, I think I think with any offensive lineman, you know, and there's some other positions where this is applicable too. You know, you you make an assessment and a vision of where you have them, and if that doesn't work out, you know, you look at their strengths and weaknesses. Say maybe we can we can place them there. I I think with Trevor, look, we didn't do him any favors. You know, he comes as a rookie, he gets hurt. You know, he misses 10 games. We play him the back half of that season, primarily in a jumbo role, and he did some good things, and then he gets hurt, and he has no offseason, and then we throw him in there as the starter, you know, week one. Listen, I think think a lot of that falls on us in terms of, you know, where he was and what he was ready to do. And so um, I'm still pretty high on uh, Trevor Penning. I think we all are. But we recognize that, hey, look, we've we've got to do a better job in terms of, development and preparing him to be ready. Uh, and I think we'll do that this offseason. I think we'll have a good plan for him. And maybe what's the decision to bring Dennis back a fairly easy one and also like how much did the finishing four and one of Yeah um, look here's what I think. I think sometimes you know the easy thing to do, the lazy thing to do is look at the results of a season and say, ah oh, it's a coach's fault or it's the quarterback's fault. I think oftentimes you have to look beyond that. Well, I was, I was just, look, I was prepared for this question, right? <laughs> Chuck Knoll, his first three years, Hall of Fame coach, he was 1-13, and 5-9, 6-8. But they recognize that this guy's a good football coach, right? Bill Belichick, here's his first three seasons, 6-10, and 7-9, 7-9. Tom Landry, 0-11, 4-9, 5-8, 4-10, 5-8. Hall of Fame coaches, all of them. Bill Walsh, first year, two and fourteen. Second year, six and ten. So I think the easy thing to do is just look at the results and say, "Oh no, we've got to have a change." You got to look beyond that. You know, what are the reasons why we were nine and eight instead of 
you know, 13 and four. And look, it's it's collective. It's the players. It's the coaches. It's me. It's our personnel staff, our roster. It's variables sometimes that we don't have any control of. And so I, I my assessment is Dennis Allen is a good coach. And again, you know, with Sean Payton, we went 10 and six the first year, but then we were seven and nine, eight and eight. And I heard some of the same noise, but at the time I knew we had a good football coach. And so I think sometimes the hard thing to do is to be patient and recognize your other shortcomings and get those fixed. And that's what we're doing. There's been some talk about like the culture a little bit. What are some of the things with the culture that you feel like need to change? Yeah, I don't like the word culture necessarily. Cause I think, look, we got really good guys willing and I think, look, a lot of things that I said to the players, I'm sure you guys are aware of it, were for the players' ears only. I think collectively, though, that everybody, you know, if you ask, do you want to win, everybody stands up. They raise their hand, right? If everybody says, what, are you willing to do what's necessary to win? They all raise their hand. But sometimes we're not doing the things that are necessary to win. And that's on me. That's on me, 100%. We've got to, I've got to hold our guys to a standard to do the things necessary to win. And I think that, I probably let that slip a little bit over the last few years. And so we're going we're gonna to get that recalibrated. And so that's my message to our entire building. It's not just to the players or just the coaches. It's to our entire building. Nick, how concerned you are about, with the future of Ryan Ramchick, always one of your top linemen, and with his knee issue? Yeah, I think, look, anytime you have a good player who's going through uh, a, you know, a tough thing um, health-wise, you're always concerned. And yet, you know, I have a positive feeling about where, where he's going to end up. And I think he does as well. What are you looking for in the next offensive coordinator? I mean, coming off of the, you know, part of the the guy that was around for 18 years gives you an opportunity to really know what it is that you like. Yeah. What are you um, looking for in the next guy? Yeah, I think we have a set of criteria um, that a lot of different guys can fill. We're just kind of going through that process now, so I think I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think he did a lot of good things and, and uh, wasn't perfect for certain, but he did a lot of good things. And, and listen, I think that um, he was hurt uh, for a good portion of this season, um, probably more so than, you know, he would let on or that, or, or that was out there. So uh, I felt like he kind of hit a stride toward the end and, and we did collectively too. So, and he's not the only um, um player or position that, that that was the case for. Were you surprised how well Andrews played at left tackle? Because usually you don't talk about him when they mean he's doing his job. And I, I thought he was outstanding considering that, you know, mainly he's a guard and then how he finished the whole season at left tackle. Yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, you know, he gets he gets thrown back out there and did a good job. He, he did. Really pleased with that. And I think I think that gives him some confidence as well. Every offseason is a balancing act between putting together the best roster and staying fiscally responsible. Yeah. Do you ever get to the point where when you're over the cap every offseason where you look at it and say, you, you mean know, like every year? <laughs> What's that? You mean like every year? Yeah, like every year. Where you say maybe we need to look at the financial foundation for the future yeah. and maybe make some tough decisions with older players and count on our player development and drafting and free agency and roll the dice a little, counting on younger people to yeah. evolve? Yeah, I think, I, yeah, we go through that process every every year in the off season, And, you know, I've said this before, is that we had kind of a vision and a plan for post-Drew Brees, 
And then, you know, COVID hits and we get this big setback relative to the uh, the capital finances. And so that's that's caused us to recalibrate a little bit. But the answer to the question is, yes, we do do that. I'm not going to tell you what we're doing, but we do do that. And we have you know, we have to make up some ground. There's no question. You know, over a period of time here, we're going to have to make up some ground cap-wise. Since 2017, draft was incredible. Since then, how would you evaluate what you've done since then? And will you will you tweak your philosophy as far as the draft? Have you evaluated that as to what you might do to maybe get some more results there? Yeah. Um, well, look, I think a number of these drafts, you know, the the results have yet to be written and look 2017 was incredible right it, it uh, I don't expect to duplicate that every year I'd like to duplicate that every year but don't have that expectation so no I, I think our philosophies are sound and and I don't see that changing okay, how about uh, with coach Barone um, there are a lot of fans have asked me like uh, how he's developing the offensive line and you know guys with up their expectations and I mean, I don't know, it's just a rumor. I know he might end up retiring uh, with all the years that he's coached. So where do you think Coach Marone's at along with the offensive line right now? Yeah, I think he's a fantastic coach. I do. And I haven't heard anything about him retiring, so that would be a surprise to me. People ask this question, and, you know, rumors get out there with social media and stuff like that. You've been doing this a long time. Your role is not changing here. You seem energetic about recalibrating the organization. The front office is staying the same as far as your position. Yeah, I saw a couple of things. That was just made up, whatever. I saw, what, I know what you're referencing. Somebody just made that up. That's never been discussed or talked about. Now, am I slower? Yeah, I probably ran a 4.5 when I was 30, and I don't think I could run 5 flat right now, so I am slower. But, yeah. You know, I've, get, I've been asked that question. You get asked that when you get to a certain age, right? Whatever age that is. And I've said, look, I'm just going to wake up one morning and say this is the day. And it's not going to be tomorrow, but everything for the next 10 years is open. We'll see. Vicky, uh, when you were asked about DA earlier, you mentioned the stats of other coaches' careers, but what are some of the things he's done the last two years or some of the qualities he has that's led you to believe that he can get the team back to the playoffs? Yeah, well, um, I, you know, I think the things that the head coach is responsible for, you know, game day management, um, scheduling, all the things that you guys don't see that I see or that we see internally, I feel good about. And, yeah, there, there's certainly areas that he can – quarterback change. We've had, you know, some things changed in the last two two or three years. And so we got to look at ourselves and say, okay, what what's our expectations? Are they realistic? And if we're not meeting those expectations, what can we do differently? And I don't believe that, uh, um, that, that that's the head coach right now. I Did think I like, uh, I like Dennis Allen. I think he's a good coach. Do you share that with uh, with Derek Carr as far as his input and what he thinks? Or is it like, okay, you make the decision and then he has to accept it? Or is he involved in that? Yeah, we, we don't ask our players to make decisions. We don't. Um, that, that's, not, that's not a burden. That's not a burden that we put on them. Now, we do talk to, we talk to a lot of our veteran players about the season, about the things that we expect from them, and, and they should ha- certainly have expectations from us, but we're not asking them to do any evaluations of any kind. I mean, just to kind of rephrase that a little bit. Well, Derek Carr's, you know, whatever profits corner you go with, Derek's obviously got to be a big factor in that decision, right? Like, he's got to be able to work with that. Like, well, look, look when, when we make a hire, when Dennis makes a hire, 
certainly he's going to make the hire that'll be that'll work for him. But that's not that'll be our assessment. That won't be. We're not going to ask him if he approves it, uh, of A, B, or C, right? Does that make sense? Just to peek for a second, obviously it's professional, but when you spend 18 years with somebody, there's a huge like, human component and personal yeah. relationship there. I yes. mean, not that I want like the full peek behind the curtain, but like how how emotional is that when you've been through so much with somebody? Yeah, there? it's really emotional. Um, Pete's such a he's a great coach, not a good coach. He's a great coach, and he's he's done. I, you know, I think. Listen, we had historically good offenses here for a long period of time. Pete was a much bigger part of that than than uh, he gets credit for. Um, really brilliant. You know, look, his first game as a play caller, we, I think we scored 60 points. So, um, yeah, it's emotional. Uh, um, and he's such a good person and such a great representative of, of um, the organization for all these years. And it was emotional for me, that's for sure. And it was emotional for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it was, you know, a lot of good things, some ups and downs. Um, felt like we had some young players develop and improve. And, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited about um, the prospects for our defense. I, I really am. Well, that, you seem kind of fired up compared to some of these other meetings. But uh, yeah. you, have, you have a lot of challenges going forward, yeah. right? including a three-year drought from the playoffs. Yeah. How, how do you feel personally being the guy who's got to steward the organization through all of these challenges? Yeah, look, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about the prospects of, you know, the guys that are on the team and they're um, – I'm excited about the willingness of all of our people, players, coaches, staff, to look inward and say, look, I've got to do better. Yeah, including me. And so it gets me, gets me fired up. Look, I hate doing these press conferences. You guys know that. So typically I'm very stoic and unenthused, right? <laughs> but um, I think we need enthusiasm. I think we need, you know, a boost in energy and and excitement uh, in our building. And so that, again, that, you know, all that stuff starts with me. Thank you. You talk about enthusiasm. What are your thoughts on some of those games for the fan base, you know, were booing or, or sold their tickets to yeah. fan bases? And how do you get the fans back into it? And well, you have to win. You have to perform well. It's, it's, it, that's on us, you know. And, and uh, look, there's a little bit of a double-edged sword. You know, we just watched the Detroit Lions and their season and how fantastic that environment is and, you know, winning for the first time in a long time. We experienced that here, right? We experienced it in, in, in 06, uh, 07, 08, 09. You raise the bar, right? We raise the bar. And that's a good thing. And so now that we've raised the bar, we got to meet it. And if we're not meeting it, that's on us. Um, the only thing I really don't like is when we sell tickets to the opposing team and get and allow, you know, a, a big group in our building. And look, that's popular here because New Orleans is a destination, right? When when um, our opponents look at their schedule and they see New Orleans, ah, that's the trip I'm going on, right? We get, we understand that. Um, it's just it's part of the deal, part about uh, of being in a great city like New Orleans. So, but in terms of booing the the crowd reaction, that's on us. That's not. Um, that's not on the fans. Look, if I was in the stands, there's a couple times I might have booed. I don't know. <laughs> that was uh, 
sound from the press conference with Mickey Loomis. One of the things is, Bob, Saints were winning, and this is a bottom line business. Uh, you Production win, business, and and <laughs> they won't have, they won't be selling those tickets down. Now we sit in the press boxes high. We had an Eagles game a few years back <laughs> that you and some of the Eagles well, fans were drawing back and forth. Yeah, yeah. But they weren't sitting in the prime section uh, where we saw with Detroit. Well, whenever you're going to play uh, Pittsburgh or Dallas, if they come into New Orleans. Uh, they travel well. Uh, the Houdat Nation travels well whenever uh, the Saints exactly. are Exactly. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and it is a destination like Las Vegas, New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're not all of a sudden penciling in, oh, I can't wait to get to uh, uh, Cincinnati or, or something. But, Mike, how about as we go on a break here, I'm going to read this text right here uh, when Mickey was comparing. This is from 9280. Mickey Loomis is talking about not criticizing Dennis Allen in his first few seasons. And then he brought up great coaches from the past. You know, he's comparing their first few years, uh, their first few seasons, and how bad they were. And then he says, is it a fair comparison? If Dennis Allen already has been a head coach with the Raiders for three straight years with a losing record, and now two years with the Saints and a losing record. See, that's why if he didn't have that Raiders experience, because you look overall, his record is 24 wins and 46 losses. And as a Saints head coach, 16 and 18. So uh, now if the if Saints would have been the first gig, uh, I think that had been more uh, a relevant comparison. And now he might say, well, uh, it wasn't really fair to D.A. because uh, the Raiders were dysfunctional. Well, look how dysfunctional when Chuck Noll took over for the Steelers. You know, you, you can look at a, a number of those examples that he was given and how, like, when Tom Landry uh, took He took over, over an Dallas. expansion team in yeah, Dallas. So, so that's the only thing I, I didn't like in that regard. Uh, because, uh, you know, Dennis is going to have another chance. And uh, I think it, uh, th- that right now, again, it's a production business. I, I, I don't think another 9-8 and eight season. Uh, the only way 9-8 and eight will work out next year, if we'd be in the situation like Tampa Bay is in right now. And think about how well we finished the season. We spanked Tampa Bay. And then all of a sudden you had a home game against the Eagles. The way the Eagles were playing, I think we could have beat the Eagles in the Dome. I think and, Atlanta. And, people even in Atlanta says, well, hey, we think we could have beat the uh, Eagles well, the way they but, play but, but from the Saints' perspective, you'd have had a home game and the Saints would have had a great opportunity. Think about how, how you'd be feeling a whole lot different if the Saints were playing in Detroit uh, come uh, this weekend instead of Tampa Bay playing in Detroit. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 